Hello and welcome to The Gardener's Podcast, part of Garden Church in Southern California. My name is Darren Galindo and I'm joined today by Zach Ernst. How are you doing today, Zach? It's been a really good day, actually. Sun's out and uh, actually you got to watch my son do a pier jump in junior lifeguards this morning. Which Epic. Is really fun. Something to celebrate. It was, it was something... Uh, of significant fear that he had to step through and to see him do it was really cool. So yeah, it's fun to be talking about it right now. Like moments, you know, an hour later. (laughs) Fresh. Yeah. Fresh off of it. That's, that's a definitely a a big thing happening. Yeah. So uh, for those of you that don't know, Zach is on the board here at garden church. Uh, You've been attending for a while. You're an elder, but something that I wanted to get into today is a ministry that you lead called pursuit. Mm -hmm. Um, What is pursuit? Yeah, um, Pursuit is a men's health program built around fitness and beach workouts. And it's a place where men have an opportunity to step into doing something hard, stepping out of their comfort zone, into um, having an experience with other guys where they can be pushed physically through a, a workout, um, encouraged to, to push through the fear, push through the... Um, angst of, of failing in a workout, um, but then be built up. And, and, and what, what I found is that after a workout, it lends itself nicely to having a conversation. Um, so there's, there's a, there's a built in 15 minutes at the end where mm-hmm. the guys will have a conversation afterwards about whatever the topic of the month may be, or the book we're going through. And, um, yeah, I, I think it, it's, it's, it's become a, a, a great place for men to gather, to do hard things together, to kind of be in the quote unquote trenches with one another. Um, that lends itself to emotional vulnerability, to actually just, yeah, real connection in other words. And, and, uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been a fun journey about, yeah. Oh gosh, we just, we just celebrated eight years of meeting on the sand. So, so cool. I mean, um, I was a part of uh, pursuit for, for a little bit, um, during one of your 90 day, um, stretches, um, and such an awesome experience. And there's this, there's been like this growth in this last year, I feel like. But it's so crazy to know that it's been going on for eight years. Because mm-hmm. what I wanted to ask is, how did it first get started? I don't think it was called Pursuit in the beginning, but mm-hmm. what did that look like in the beginning for you guys? Yeah, um, in the beginning, it was really a means to fill a gap for the gym that closed that I was a part of. I was part of a CrossFit gym <laughs> yeah. and it went out of business. And I actually always enjoyed group fitness and working out outside and so I gathered a friend or two and we just started you know being consistent meeting Mm -hmm. Monday Wednesday Friday to do a beach workout I incorporated some I'm I'm, my past life I was a lifeguard in Seal Beach and so we've incorporated some of those and took some of the CrossFit experience and and formed a, a workout I just I just found it was hard for me to be consistent with staying active and 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 physical when I didn't have anyone else that was mm-hmm. um, you know holding me accountable to showing up, so it turned into this really fun thing of of there's a just a couple guys that we we would go through the summer and go three days a week, and then um, school started when and you know we'd drop our kids off at school in the morning all sandy and wet and and other dads <laughs> are starting to ask like what what are you guys doing and um, so word got out and I, we we had an open invite and. So soon, soon more and more dads started showing up and we just had this informal workout that we were there mm. from 6 a.m. to 7 every day. And 
and it's evolved from there. But yeah, it, for formerly, sure. so we, we, we coined it as Savage Seals. Savage Seals. <laughs> uh, which is a fun, just playful name. Um, but yeah, living in Seal Beach and um, yeah, we get savage out there. Seriously, yeah. And, and the workouts are rough. There's a lot of just, it, it's a, um, it's easy for, for someone that's new and, and new to working out to just mm-hmm. join in because yeah. I think you, you make it so approachable. And yeah, there is that sense of like, you're doing this together yeah. and, and there's something different. If you're going to do a hard thing by yourself, um, it, you know, you can do it or not do it. And it almost doesn't, it doesn't seem like you're making a difference. Uh, but when you're doing a hard thing with a group, it's like, you want to do it for the sake of others and they're doing it for the sake of others as well. And as you're just like this team, this unit. Um, so I just love that, uh, that the unity that's, that's in, uh, the group. How has it been? over the years, like what are some of the major themes that you've seen um, over those eight years that it's been going on? Yeah, I mean, there's been lots of surprises um, in terms of the value that guys have have received from just being consistent and doing hard things over and over again. Um, and the, you know, this, this idea of adventure, I think I took for granted mm. growing up kind of, you know, exploring the back hills of San Diego and, being in the wilderness a lot and surfing and um you know i i i just that's just been a part of who i am um and i realized pretty quickly that a lot of these guys that were out there never had that upbringing never had the opportunity to to adventure to risk um to experience nature and um and the more responsibility we get as dads and 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 husbands growing in our careers um the adventure, the play is the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. And um, reawakening that in men through this experience of we, you know, we play games on Fridays, we play ultimate Frisbee. Um, play is very encouraged and, and having fun because it's, it's something that's so central to our hearts. Um, that's, that's baked into the fabric of who we are. That, that boy is still in us mm-hmm. um, that needs to play and needs adventure. And um, so I just found that this was, you know, just small, small ways of, of having a consistent, uh, means to go, you know, it's, it's February and it's hailing outside, like <laughs> let's go work out outside yeah. on the beach with our shirts off and get pelted. And, you know, like that's memory. That's, that's something that is fun to talk about on a Tuesday in the office when you show yeah. up at work at 9am, you know, like, <laughs> so that's, I think that's been one of the fun things is seeing guys just come alive through having new experiences being told that they have what it takes um Mm. and and you know what's what's neat is we have guys that you know one guy is a former crossfit game games guy you know super super athletic super fit and then we have pops who's 69 years old on the beach and we're all enjoying the same workout and Mm -hmm. and being pushed and so everyone can 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 kind of go at their own pace and um and be encouraged and there's and, and then, yeah, the other piece to that is just this this cool symbiotic relationship that's happened with the 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 early twenties to the sixty nine year olds mm-hmm. is we have this this spectrum of of uh, ages and there's everyone's getting fed so mm-hmm. the young men are getting wisdom from the sages and getting you know getting trained up and then the you know middle-agers like myself 40s um we're we're gleaning from the vitality of the young men and mm-hmm. the and the the 
the wisdom of the old men and the old men are getting vitality from the young men. So it's just really cool and getting value knowing mm. that they're not done. Like they have yeah. so much to offer. And so we really lean into our 50 plus um, guys and encourage them just to be be an encouragement, be a light, be a resource for, for those young, you know, those the younger ones that are coming up. Mm-hmm. When did you land on pursuit as being the like the rebranding if you if you can say that uh yeah about two years ago i think almost two years ago we rebranded i i i learned that some guys were intimidated and didn't want to come because they thought we were tied to the navy seals of some kind (laughs) and so i was like okay i I, we need a name change yeah (laughs) um yeah one guy specifically said yeah i thought you guys were a bunch of like crazy ex-navy seals that were gonna (laughs) yeah so that was that was uh that was a wake up call and okay yeah let's let's get more serious and then you know just and then seeing what god was doing in the men and seeing like the transformation and seeing like what happens when men pursue something when they have i just heard this quote that happiness only comes when you have something to look forward to like joy is found in hope in other words mm. it's it's like when we have something to look forward to that's what that's what brings joy and hope mm. and, and you know i think it's obviously the resurrection story at the, at the meta size yeah but the um but very practically it's like okay do you, do you ever go on vacation with your wife and then yeah you guys talk about planning your next vacation it's so exciting every time right <laughs> it's the weirdest thing and i think that's why you know you're mm-hmm. like okay we're, we're at the climax we met our goal okay what's next babe and and you know so i think i think having um something to look forward to is really important yeah. Yeah, for sure. About two years ago, you made that name change. Was that also around the time where you realized this is something that is a thing that's going to continue? Um, what did that What did that feel like for you? Yeah, I mean, I I think for me it was for, first it was very selfishly motivated to stay consistent in my own fitness mm-hmm. and and connection with other guys, and then realizing how rare this actually is, where we can blend this this uh, this relational, this physical. Um, and then even like a, the spiritual component where we're inviting God into it. And, and this happened very practically when a, um, one of the guys, just one of the dads showed up on the beach with us and, um, and we were talking about a book that we were reading and, and all of a sudden he comes to work out and he starts asking questions or starts talking about this book. And we're like, Whoa, Joe, you, you got the book. Cool. And, and then, uh, you know, a few weeks go by and we get done with this workout and, um, Right, right at the end of it, he's he says, "Hey, I want you to baptize me," mm. and just out of the blue, he says, "I want you to baptize me. I want to give my life to Jesus." And that was the that was a real light bulb mm. for me. Was like, oh my gosh, this is just this is this is discipleship of just living our lives mm-hmm. as we do as we walk with Jesus, and um, and it's infectious and contagious and interesting um, to the point where. This guy wanted to do, wanted to give his life to Jesus and, and get a taste of what, what we have. And I think that's been really compelling component is to have a very practical way of like, you know, discipleship, not just being coffee at a coffee shop, but to, mm-hmm. let's get in the praxis of our faith. Let's, let's step into embodying these, these things that Paul talks about, that James mm-hmm. is talking about. Try going, stepping through trials and knowing how it reforms and, and re- renews our, our souls and our spirits and yeah builds us so yeah we're a big fan of of challenge and doing hard things and that's what the so yeah the pursuit 90 is a 90 day challenge Mm -hmm. um, that we host and that's yeah that's a place where we can get into nutrition say no to certain foods no to alcohol 
know to, you know, um, yeah, cold, know to hot water in our showers and we take cold <laughs> showers and, you know, any, anything, any small way we can remind ourselves that we have what it takes. Comfort is all around us. We're swimming in comfort. Uh-huh. We're insulated to death. Literally, we're insulated to death by comfort. That is in food. That is in our temperature-controlled environments. Um, and so we need we need to get back into kind of our natural design that God made us to be, which is men that that face hard things, that sleep on the ground, that bathe in a in, in a frozen creek. You know, like these these our ancestors did this just as life as, as yeah. life and now we've t- we've stripped ourselves of all these formational things and i think it's a leading cause to a lot of our health issues mm-hmm. so we're a big fan of uh big fans of 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 adventure for our hearts physicality and doing hard things to to you know push ourselves to be stronger and, and better and and uh mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah the word that comes to mind is resilience mm. uh and you know making men that are resilient to to those things like it's it's nice to have comforts yeah like ice cream and ac but when it when it comes time to like you know i can't give this up mm-hmm. or i can't say no to this it's like that doesn't seem like yeah. you're a very powerful person it seems like yeah. other stuff is controlling you um and that's not what we want to be as christians that's not what we want to be as men mm-hmm. and i love that on the on the outside you're you're like a fitness club you know mm-hmm. and and that's great but it's much, much more than that. And there's like mm-hmm. this holistic environment that you have created where people are seeing their lives changed as a result of being a part of this, you know, quote unquote, fitness club, um, because it's it, it involves more aspects of your life. And I love that you have those testimonies and stories um, to kind of just illustrate the kinds of change that do happen when you just lean into this. Um, so you mentioned a 90 day challenge. I know that you guys do that throughout the year. Um, how can people get involved and find out more information about Pursuit? Yeah, um, well, our website is Pursuit90.com. Um, so you can check us out there. That has all the information. Um, we're releasing an app for our next 90, which uh, we're actually doing another 90-day challenge starting August 21st. And uh, that's a great place just to start because there's a lot of people that are brand new that 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 lo- jump into the, these challenges when mm. we set them out. Um, and it's, it's really radical to see the, the shift, not only physically, but on a heart level. Um, actually, I, I think you talked to Chris Jenkins, um, yeah. and he, his transformation is unbelievable. He, he gave a really cool quote. He, he, he sent me a before and after picture and he's lost. It's unbelievable to see what, how he's transformed his body. But he said, that's only an external mm-hmm. representation of what's happened on the inside. And it's that, that's why I do this is to see guys like Chris and Joe and many others that just come alive that, that, uh, for the first time. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's, so we're, yeah, the 90 day challenge is, is just an experiential, um, discipleship program essentially to do hard things, to step into the more, um, to reawaken that desire in our hearts, to give us something to hope for, mm-hmm. um, restore that joy. Um, that that many of us have lost, and um, and it and it's 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 in community. It's doing it together. So the app, what what the app does is it allows. So we we host it on the beach and we film every day. We film Monday, Wednesday, Friday live. So guys stream mm-hmm. in live. Um, so the the heart is that the app will afford guys in different time zones, different places in the world, to be able to have the same ninety day experience with their friend or two or three or mm-hmm. four. 
or even other other men's ministries or, or men's groups yeah. around that they can use this as kind of a shot in the arm to their <laughs> men's ministries. Yeah. Um, that's you know a little little more than donuts and coffee on Saturday morning. So yeah, it's a it's a very practical um, uh, means to get to get guys to connect and to get into the praxis of their faith. I um, love that. Yeah, one of our taglines is where fitness meets faith. Mm. Fitness and faith meet and do hard things become better. Yeah, I love that so much. So you guys remember that um, Pursuit90.com, um, you'll find more information about how to get involved, about the app that your guys are dropping pretty soon, um, and more ways where you can plug in and lean into um, community, whether it's in person or online. Um, I love that so much. So um, Zach mentioned it before, I had the opportunity to sit down with Chris um, a, a dear member of Garden Church, and just as an example of the type of environment that you are creating, Zach, where guys like Chris and his story could be could be any one of us. Um, but when you lean into community and inviting other people in and, and trust, I think there's a there's a big theme of trust uh, in our conversation. Um, just the transformation that happens because. Um, as you'll see in this conversation, like pursuit and just it being what it is. It's not trying to be a therapy session. It's not trying to be, you know, anything else, mm-hmm. but authentically just a bunch of guys trying to do hard things together mm-hmm. um, is exactly the the environment um, that my friend Chris needed. Um, and it's been such a, such a transformational uh, thing in his own life. And I've been blessed by um, seeing what you guys are doing in pursuit of being a part of it. Uh, for for a period of time, um, and I'm excited to see more. Amazing, yeah. Can't so, wait. Uh, thanks for being with here uh, with us, Zach. Um, and you know, praying for you, praying for pursuit, um, and I'm just super excited about it. Thank you, Darren. So fun. Yeah. So right now, uh, we're gonna go into my conversation with Chris Jenkins. Chris, it's so good to have you here. Um, I'm really excited to know you as a person, as a friend, um, and just to have a conversation with you. So welcome. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks, Darren. Uh, For those of us that don't know you, uh, I'm talking with Chris Jenkins. Um, You have a clothing brand called Monsters Outside. Perhaps you've seen it around Garden Church. (laughs) Um, It's kind of all over the place. Tell us a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your brand. Yeah, I... I'm a gardener. I've been going to the garden for 12-ish years, probably. Yeah, just father, friend, and I guess you would call me creative. I call myself <laughs> a ranger, I think is the word. A ranger. Um, yeah, the brand Monsters Outside was a hobby, and timing and God brought it into the realm of business yeah i don't know what do you want to know about it i can get into some specific questions but the i guess it's it's shirts and clothes and and sweatshirts stuff like that um and i've i've loved seeing them around they they are very creative i love uh your deep dives into like 90s pop culture and like different <laughs> other stuff that you know the x-files or you know seinfeld or whatever it is yeah um 
but I love your perspective on the world and how you present it and that you can design things and wear a shirt that has some sort of inside joke on it. <laughs> I love an inside joke. Yeah, that's always great. There was, there was a time where you were just like listening to sermons at Garden Church and then just like coming up with a few random t-shirt ideas yeah. and then sharing them. That, that was fun. That actually sparked my my love for for doing that kind of stuff again and i had i'd lost it for a little bit so that was fun yeah and and we're going to get into the, uh, a little bit of that story but how do you know how do you know uh pastor darren um and like what did that look like first uh starting to attend garden church me and my wife sarah before we were married we were a part of another church and it disbanded and then a friend from there pointed us towards the garden and we were going through a hard time. Our our dog had just died suddenly, and at that point it was like our child, and we were having a hard time just connecting with people. And then we decided to try the garden. We showed up, we got there early, or we got there on time, which we found out later was early for gardeners. <laughs> and Darren came up, he's like, oh, you guys are new here, and like introduced himself and like, I don't know, it just felt like, oh, wow, this guy, like, cares and stuff. And turns out it's just because we were there and nobody else was there. But good job, Darren. <laughs> you were, you were yeah. special. Come on. Yeah. It was, he was a nice, friendly face. And I didn't really get to know him until years later. But I knew him as Pastor Darren at that point. And then I, around when we had our first child, which was now eight years ago, I started struggling with depression and anxiety and kind of a loss of identity really and I was just a mess and we didn't my wife didn't know what to do so she texted Darren or somehow I don't know how she got a hold of him but she got a hold of Darren and got me a meeting with him and I went and met with him and it was not much it was just he's like all right do this this I'm going to pray you should like link up with a house church he pointed mm -hmm. me towards alpha really just towards community in general and and that started our friendship i guess or at least knowing acquaintance mm -hmm. and then from there he like would always say hi to me and then we ended up in a house church together he walked sarah and i through a really hard time and we became really close with his family at that point um mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we ended up having our second kid around the same time. So in the trenches of newborn slash toddler, we like related on that and mm -hmm. always had like a an ongoing SOS where if somebody was struggling, we could meet at the park and hang out. And we really grew our relationship there. And oh, that's then, so nice. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your uh, family and how many kids you have. I have Louise, my firstborn. She is eight and a half now. Ozzy just turned six. My wife, Sarah, is the same age as me, and we have known each other, which is 40 now. Crazy. But um, we'll, we have known we'll each other for, for, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have known each other for over half our lives. Mm. So we go way back been married for 13 years homeschool our kids part of a great group which you're a part of and it's just 
I don't know, just trying to create that that counterculture like mm-hmm. childhood. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that that homeschool group that you're referring to. I have two boys, and I know our kids play together. Yeah, it's always nice to like you said, meet up at the park and just like have fun. Cause sometimes we just need to have fun and, and know that the, the hardships that we go through as parents, as um, homeschooling families is, you know, is shared with more than just ourselves and we can right. open it up to community and receive help and ideas. And, and uh, again, just like kick your feet up and let the kids play yeah. while the parents relax a little bit. That's always nice. Yeah. You had mentioned before um, just your, um, your touts with depression what did that look like when it started showing up? How was that impactful for your family? It showed up first as anxiety. Um, literally, like, my daughter's first birthday was my first panic attack. Mm. And it it was a long road to that point of, like, just not undealt with stuff, kind of. And I think a lie that I've lived with my whole life of, not being known or being able to be known or not enough and for some reason on that day it clicked that my daughter was eventually going to be a teenager and a grown-up in which I would have to know how to be in relationship with and like (laughs) it kind of just flipped me upside down and yeah that's a big thing to think about yeah like I I had at that point she was just a baby She's going to be one forever, and I knew how to deal with that. And yeah. I didn't know how to deal with relationship. Mm. So it, it it started as anxiety and then led into, like, a really, like, hopeless depression. Yeah. Um, and at this point in time, uh, Monsters Outside was already a source of income? Uh, yes. So, when the... Like two months before my daughter Louise was born is when I went full time doing monsters mm. outside. So that's not stressful at all. Yeah. So that, that sounds like a, such an easy time of your life. Yeah. I um, I had a visit with a doctor during the early stages when I thought something was wrong within me and I wanted a doctor to like figure it out, mm-hmm. tell me what to do, and then get rid of it and move on. Yeah he told me you have anxiety and I was like well why now and he's like well what's different now he's like oh you have your own business you have a child you're married like it's just responsibility adds up and I was clueless yeah uh when someone can can like hit it on the on the nose so simply and you're like wait what like no it it just happens to be it happens to line up right the coincidence but um, you know, you can appreciate the wisdom and like, let's, let's take a step back and like, what is new? Like, what, what could this be? What, you know, hear, hearing the word anxiety and, and knowing that it's not this thing that a doctor can go in and remove, like, what were your next steps, especially after your daughter's birthday? The doctor had kept pushing therapy and being afraid of relationship and like being vulnerable I did not want to do that so I was I was not leaning towards that my wife is not a fan of western medicine and the doctor wanted me on antidepressants for the Mm. anxiety and so there was a big struggle there I knew I needed it but I knew my wife didn't want me to be on it and is a big thing and I ended up 
taking them and they did help for a while um but first step was to try and put a band-aid on the problem Mm. basically and the band-aid did work in that it got me well enough to start processing through the real stuff and Mm. i ended up going to therapy but not fully letting myself be known even by my therapist or not Mm. saying the full story and just yeah just wasn't ready yeah going through the motions yeah you know sign it uh checking something off a list right i I went to therapy today yeah um uh, i I do want to touch a little bit on what creative uh creativity looked like for you during that time Mm. um i know uh, you had you mentioned before i call you creative but you don't call yourself that and we've we've had conversations about that before and just this idea that uh, we're all creative beings but how we're creative is it always looks different for different people. Yeah. I see a gift in you and it's so cool to see monsters out outside be like this, this outlet for, for your creativity and how your brain works. And when you share it, other, other people are inspired. Other people are blessed. Other people are, um, when, when they get to be invited in and experience the beauty that you carry, it's like, it's a wonderful thing. So yes, you are creative. And, <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite authors, um, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, um, he has this great line about creativity where he recognizes God as creator, creating something from nothing. Nobody else can do that. So basically any form of human creativity is always this sub-creator position where we're rearranging things that mm. exist already and putting it in in place. You know, you think about a painter painting with paints. They're just taking something from someplace else and organizing it in a way that is different, but not necessarily creating something that wasn't there before. And people can, can argue which, which way or what, because, you know, as an artist creates something, it is, it never existed before, you know? And so like, there's that whole idea of like imagination and what you're bringing and, and, and creativity is new and fresh, but yeah, for any creatives out there that don't identify as, as creative, like, um, there's something there and there's a gift inside of you. Chris, you had mentioned before, like around this time of experiencing anxiety that your creativity and the joy that you once had in making things um, took a dip. Like, yeah. What did that look like for you? So right when all this started happening, Monsters Outside was, as it was at its busiest it had ever been. And I just entered into survival mode at that point trying to because it's the only income for the family as Mm -hmm. well so in spiraling in my personal life i had to continue to make it run and in that time i wasn't creating anything new i was producing and shipping so Mm. i was just an entity at that point and um honestly i didn't think i was ever gonna make it through so I wasn't even thinking forward into mm. being creative again. I was just trying to manage it until I inevitably died. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was hard. It was a blessing that Monsters Outside survived through it with me not making anything new and like still growing even. Mm. And Sarah, my wife, was helping me pack orders and... I'd like shut the shop down and then 
like, all right, we need money. I'd turn it on. We'd get like a hundred orders in like an hour. And I was like, I got to turn this off and like almost start having a panic attack. And, Mm. and like, that's a blessing that it paid for medical therapy, everything. It was just provision on top of provision. Yeah. But I was not creating, I was in a deep hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no creative desire or vision at all. Yeah, and and I can I can relate to like not having outlet. It feels like you're just getting stopped up, and and you know it's it's one thing to 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 think yes, health wise you want to be in a better place, um, and a, a small component of that is your creative release. It's like you're not creating, you don't have joy in that. That's you know that's adding to the anxiety it's adding to the buildup and and that feeling of being trapped um what were some of the calls to help that you that you made during that time i don't think i knew any calls to help and i think the anxiety was actually that Mm. manifesting i didn't know how to ask for what i needed i felt very alone in that i need to provide i have this business my wife is dealing with being pregnant and a newborn at this point and it was just isolation really mm-hmm. and then coupled with realizing that I or maybe a, the lie of that I had never been in relationship or known how to do that I didn't know who to call out to help for I only knew to try to do things by my own strength mm-hmm. and it the anxiety and depression was the call to help that I guess the only one that I could do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and after a while, um, your body couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. And, uh, I can, I can totally relate to my, my mind thinking that it knows the answer, Mm -hmm. thinking that it knows the steps. And if I can just muster enough strength, to take the next step and the next step and the next step, then, you know, maybe I can climb out of this, this hole. Right. Um, and you know, the, the, the more you're groping in the sand and, and struggling, it's like nothing's, nothing's working. Right. Um, and for you that, uh, what, what did that look like when you, when you finally realized that you couldn't go on like that? It was just the, constant panic attacks going to the doctor like find the brain tumor find whatever it is that's making these happen Mm. and then it eventually got to the point where the doctor called me he's like hey we've done everything we've done every test we i can do nothing else for you he's like do you agree that there's nothing medically wrong with you and then i was like I agree that you think that there's nothing medically (laughs) wrong with me. But it got me thinking in a way that I had never thought before. Like, oh, this is in me. I'm still here. I need to take steps. So day by day, I just kept showing up. Even though I didn't feel like there was a point. It was almost like just floating in nothingness. But I kept waking up every day, showing up, doing the things... And eventually, light started to break through a little bit, and mm. I got 
I listened to Darren and plugged in with community and it was just like the rock bottom. Like there's no way out of this from what I was doing. Let's try anything. And I got to the point where, okay, let's try relationship, even though this is hard and awkward and like I had just never done it before. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, the rock bottom pushed me into taking any step to be better for my family, really. Yeah. I mean, that's risk, right? It's, yeah. It, it feels dangerous. It feels awkward. But, you know, even at that moment in time, you knew this is something that, that you wanted to lean into. And, and even if it's just, well, let me just try this thing and see if it works. Yeah. Um, what, what, what was the turning point for you that, that you knew community was the thing that was going to help? It just gave me something to look forward to, like getting to know people, seeing people. Um, the original reason I started making shirts and stuff was because I didn't know how to be known personally or like relationally. So if I can make something that people liked and knew I made it, then I was known. That's mm. That was like my logic. And I just wasn't known by any of those people. And it's what I always desired and always wanted. And that way wasn't working. And then I showed up. I went to Alpha, which I'm sure a lot of people on here know. But it's just... For new believers asking questions and there's like dinner and hangout and community and groups. And I just experienced God for the first time in relationship through those mm -hmm. people. I'm still friends with a lot of those people from that too. And I was just like, oh, all right. Like <laughs> it was the start, but it, it opened my eyes to it for sure. Yeah. Did it, did it feel hard um, the more you leaned into it? It felt good the more I leaned into it. Yeah. Okay. It got harder to not lean into it. Yeah. Especially, you know, I think of, uh, uh, I don't know the verse, but taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, interestingly enough, being in community feels more like God and God being there. And so getting a little bit of taste of the kingdom of people, of relationship, Definitely. It feels good. Yeah. I, re I remember for me and my, and my story and when I connected with, uh, with the house church at Garden and it was like my, my family going through a hard time and then getting to experience like the good parts of what Christian community is supposed to be like and feel like. Um, and I didn't realize how much I needed that and how much I wasn't getting it yeah. in my, my, the routine at the time. So, f so for you moving forward from that, you are a part of a program called Pursuit. Mm -hmm. um, you went there this morning. In the timeline of all this, what made you want to to also do this other thing? Um, yeah. and, and give a little bit of a synopsis of what Pursuit is. Yeah. Um, so Pursuit is a men's group. It's focused around a physical workout, but it's all about discipline and relationship, really. And... Um, so from the point that we were just talking about until Pursuit, there was actually like four years mm. in between there. And it took another breakdown, way worse than the first one. I fully believed I was dying in two days for 
seven months. So I I was sedentary for seven months, really, mm. thinking my heart was going to stop. And it was kind of the same things that brought me there. It was not, not having relationship. It was the stress of Monsters Outside being the sole income. And that one was really hard on my family. Mm. Um, and this kind of the same thing happened where the doctors weren't finding anything, but I was like, I'm dying. And at that point, I hadn't even been able to like leave the house. I had my wife helping me upstairs because I thought I couldn't walk up the stairs. I was mm-hmm. getting winded, cutting a loaf of bread, like just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually I, I had friends show up. We went for walks. I hadn't been going to church, and then I started going. And during worship, I would just break down, thinking that I'm not going to be able to worship with these people anymore because I'm going to die, and they're going to be here worshiping and just really being sad. And Mm. then I kept pushing, kept showing up, kept going to church. And then one of the times they showed the video for pursuit and they were like starting a new 90 day program or something Mm. and trying to get people out. And I was like, dang, this thing has all the things that I've desired my whole life. Why have I not done this yet? (laughs) Like I've known Zach for a long time. Zach baptized me eight years ago, nine years ago now, probably. And he's been inviting me that whole time. (laughs) And I was just like, eh, like, I'll, I used to run a lot and I would, I'm, I'm, I just do it myself. I'm, I'm a solo workout guy or like, I want to get in better shape before I go out there. And I don't know, just all the reasons. Yeah. But I saw the video and it really struck something within me. And I was like, I need this. I need a relationship with men. I want to have good friends. I want to have this like the video i don't know i obviously it was made to speak to people and like elicit a feeling and it worked and Mm -hmm. god god showed up because zach got wind that i was thinking about it and then he called me he's like why haven't you signed up yet like what what's the what's the issue i was like there's not i was like all right i'll do it today Mm -hmm. and then my reasoning and want for showing up was was twofold it was everyone says i'm not dying i'm gonna go out there and if i do this stuff i have to believe that i'm not gonna die of what i think i was dying with because i thought i had heart failure and i was so weak and i was just like i'm just gonna go like we'll push through and we'll see what happens and Day one, I just felt like a new person already. Mm. I didn't die. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, I was in the worst shape I've ever been in in my whole life. I hadn't been physical in like seven months. So I was just showing up just completely humbled and ready and hungry and no expectations at all. And... I'm just so glad I did. Yeah. I do want to take a step back. Um, okay. Because there was, 
there was a large chunk of your timeline that I had skipped over. And as I was doing the math, the time of your first anxiety was around the time when your daughter was first born. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, the, you had a second breakdown. Yeah. Um, and I was just thinking as you were as you were talking, like, man, that must have really been hard going through something and then leaning into community. But then years later, like, here it comes again. Yeah. What was going through your mind when, um, when you started feeling those anxiety attacks again? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I've, I thought this was done. I thought we, I thought community fixed this. Yeah. Something I hadn't thought about until you just said community was this happened like two years into COVID. So like community had shrunk and changed then monsters outside has been had been really slow and i was just panicked there and it was another just example of me not knowing how to ask for help and then i i had leaned into community but i hadn't found like my true like group or tribe or someone i could call and be like i need help what do i do and yeah, I was just trying to do it all on my own strength again. I had mm-hmm. like, let's go back a little bit. But from the the first anxiety attack for like four years, I was just depressed. I was in a depression. There wasn't hope, but I was pushing myself to show up and do as good as I can do in those moments. And then I ended up getting off the antidepressants I was on and realizing that they had been keeping me down a little bit and then life and light kind of came back as I got off of those Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying they're bad or anything they helped me through a really hard time yeah but I was on a little too much for a little too long and so then life came back in but I also didn't have the buffer of the medication keeping things at bay a little bit. So life got really hard around uh, 2021, I think. It was just business was really slow. I had taken on more expenses to try to bring business up, and it just wasn't working. And I felt all this weight on my shoulders with no one to, like, talk about it with Mm. and you'll see a theme as I talk about this but I've been afraid of death and dying since I was a kid as long as I could remember and I've always believed that something inside of me was killing me and that's the same thing Mm. happened again in this one And, and in this case it was my heart and all because I I felt a palpitation my brain just instantly took over and was like it's this it's this it's this it's this and I ended up getting all these physical symptoms from my anxiety that I was like projecting Mm. and this time was way more intense than the first time I ended up in the ER like four times I was just in panic I was projecting my fears onto my family and trying to get as much time in as I could with them. I wrote them goodbye notes. I 
it was heavy and it did a lot of damage to my family this mm. time around and because your your kids are a little bit older now yeah. yeah louise especially louise picked up on what was going on she doesn't talk about emotions but she she has still to this day more anxiety and fear than she did before that mm. and been trying to repair that since and dark time i don't remember what the initial question was that you asked me but well I, was... I just wanted to take a moment to walk through that space because it's a it's a big thing when when it's like you feel something that's wrong and you find a solution and then the, the solution right. seems to be working for four years that sounds like yeah. if it ain't broke you know why why fix it um one one thing that i was thinking of is i know you you mentioned uh, a couple different times like not having anyone to reach out to mm-hmm. In hindsight, do you think that was like literally true or was that just the fear again, not wanting to let someone that you know into that dark space? Yeah, I I for sure have people I could have reached out to. I think the issue lies within me on not feeling like I'm worthy of getting help or... Um, maybe a stubbornness too of like wanting to do it myself and figure it out um, or not put my problems on to somebody. But I definitely had have relationships there where even though they aren't as deep as I would desire, the people are there and would probably say that we have a deep relationship. Mm. I mean, I, I, I feel like so, someone like you, someone like me having like, these deep areas of life, uh, it's hard to really imagine anyone going that deep. Yeah. Um, even though like when you do share with someone, it's, it's valuable and, and, and that's how you get deeper with people. Um, so then there was that four years going through the second, um, uh, season of depression and, and really taking you down yeah. going to the er er several times that was actually all condensed into january 2021 so like wow. for the four years it was like a mild depression where mm-hmm. it was just like kind of hopeless and floating but i was okay i thought that was just my yeah, existence this is life yeah and i can i can pretty much handle this yeah and then there was just a really hard dip at that point like it was right after I had recovered from COVID I just deep, deep dive real quick. And like for seven months it, I was in that really dark, deep dive place. Mm. Yeah. And that's a very hard place to be in. Um, you talked about how uh, the effects on your family now talking about pursuit um, and again, being in church, watching the video for it, having something stir inside. Yeah. You lean into it. You felt good the first day. And then wanting to be around other men, other other guys that you can, you can do hard things with yeah. and then also have deep relationship with. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, you know, the first month or two of being with Pursuit. So when I started, a bunch of new guys had joined up too. So it was cool to like relate with them on like, this is so hard or just like (laughs) laughing because I couldn't even do a sit up. And it was the first day was hard to show up because I was all in my head. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. 
I mean, I kind of knew because I knew Zach's crazy, but other than that, I... In a good way. Yes, good way. yes, yes. In a, crazy in the sense that he goes hard. Yeah. Um, he loves hard, too. So, yeah, a bunch of new guys showed up. We were... It felt like a team, like a, mm. like a team sport thing, and I, I haven't been a part of a team sport since probably pre-high school, but... Yeah, it was hard, and it was hard for everyone. It was even hard for the guys who had been there for years doing it. And I I was expecting, like, meathead guys that were, like, just aggro. And it was the complete opposite. It was, like, the first few months, it was fun. Like, I wished it could be every day. I liked starting the day at the beach. I liked seeing all those guys. It... It really early on, it felt like I had found my friends mm. or like re-entered friendship with old friends, even though they weren't all old friends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's like a, a good sign of, you know, when, when someone new feels like you've known them for longer. Yeah. That, that's like a, a big flag of, hey, this is, this is cool. I, yeah. I like this. Yeah. How were, how were you... Um, like physically, uh, even creatively during that time, um, like what was some other signs of life that you could see mm. sprouting in you? Physically, I was not alive. I was, I was slowly starting to like work again, which I didn't mention, but I had, I took a year break from working during that whole deep dive and I had started working a little bit again. Screen printing is, is a pretty physical job, so mm-hmm. it it started to show me that my body could do things. Um, that's when I started making t-shirts off of Pastor Darren's sermons. Like, if, I, if he said something, like, off the cuff or just some random throwaway comment and I just expanded it out into this weird shirt that would just purely to send to him in a text message and make him laugh. Yeah. Um, that really reignited my creativity Mm -hmm. and in a way that in how I was searching for it by making these designs with monsters outside and selling them to people that I didn't know and them liking it. I was always desiring that real connection that I ended up getting by making shirts for my friends just to make them laugh. Yeah. So that was a big, a big life-giving thing there. And just being alive, honestly. <laughs> like, I thought I was going to be dead, and here I was... Not dead? Not dead, <laughs> and getting to still be alive. And I have texts I could probably go through and, like... I can't believe I'm still here. Like, this is crazy. Mm. It feels unreal, but so real all at the same time. So everything had a a specialness to it mm. around. It felt like new life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a, yeah, second chance, yeah. fresh start. You're, you're leaning into these workouts, which three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. Um, doing hard things. Um, w- uh, with pursuit, when did you when did you kind of see your body like doing things that like oh I didn't know I can do this yeah a- again. Um, 
I would say day one because <laughs> I had I had been just sedentary for seven months. So I show up and the first day you're supposed to do uh, what's it called like physical test basically. Mm-hmm. So it's like how many you can do of everything as a starting point and you can compare back to later. Mm. So you had to go all out on everything you could do, and I was like, I could feel my heart going nuts, and I'm just kept going and pushing through and I was like oh all right I haven't done that in over seven months and here I am doing it and my body handled it and I was just so sore for (laughs) yes (laughs) like even past the next workouts I was just constantly sore but it was like a feeling (laughs) of life like coming back into me and so the physical appearance and strength and all that was kind of low if not not even on the reasons of why I joined I was more like the relation aspect of it is had the biggest draw to me Mm. but I noticed getting stronger losing weight pretty quickly like two months in just had lost 15 pounds was stronger could like throw my boy Ozzy around when he's trying to wrestle with me <laughs> whereas I would have lasted like two minutes before I could last like 10 minutes now yeah, maybe big difference but yeah and I think a lot of that too was the confidence that I had that my body could do things mm-hmm. and yeah I I would say that the confidence muscle was the most important muscle that was growing at that point. Yeah, for sure. What about your your family? Um, how was this, you know, your creative outlet is, is going again, um, your body's getting stronger. What did that look like back at home? Um, good. The kids for seven months saw me as this decrepit, like, zombie that didn't get dressed and was scared all the time anxiously pacing around the house and now I was this calm peaceful presence that was getting stronger more emotionally stable which was good because my family was still in disarray from the experience they had with Mm. me so I could rebuild those connections from a real place of strength and walk through day by day rebuilding those connections and talking through what had happened Mm -hmm. and just I had value in myself that I probably had never had before Mm. and to have that and then speak into people's lives is what was a game changer for me yeah no definitely when you're when you can when you have something to pour into your family with um, that is such a difference I, I know when when having kids of my own um, and they're similar ages to you to your kids. Yeah. It's like they can kind of tell when when dad's not in this. Yeah. And they're so good at perceiving and and the, the sensitivity to to your emotional state. And so I can imagine just like night and day difference. Yeah. Like dad, he's still playing with us. He's yeah. going outside. He's like he's doing things. That must have been such a so exciting. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's so cool to see that continuing. Yeah. What would you say? to a person listening to this that has said the same things to them when you were in your lowest points of 
you're trapped and no one's around to help and you don't know how to ask for help what would you say to them i'm sorry (laughs) um i didn't i still haven't learned how to ask for help i my body did it for me again in this this scenario i would want to say try to do it before your body gives out on you um but i don't know i don't know how to do that i do know that if you're wanting something or feeling like something needs to change just take steps towards it that'd be the best Mm. i could offer in that yeah simple simple steps yeah i know it's a weightier subject that i feel like i can really relate with um because yeah i've i think i've had um like small seasons of like not being as hopeful um but not necessarily being in in like the pit of despair um that what i'm what i'm hearing from you um and so i don't want to come across as like do this because it's easy and and not know the pain and and depth of what people do go through yeah um but i know i for me in some and sometimes when i'm like i need help in this i don't know how to ask there's this little voice in the back of my head that's that's thinking like you know like nike's just do it yeah you know and it's so bizarre and it's so unnatural in the moment mm-hmm. but even in the in like the 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 simple things that i'm asking help for it's like not asking help is not asking help right and literally just like you know there's no like right moment where someone's going to ask you the right question and you're going to say like well i could really use help in this area thank you yeah um you know and so like waiting waiting for those because i think that that was me if i can just wait long enough or if i can just maybe show or demonstrate how i'm feeling then someone is going to ask or someone's going to notice and then come in and i don't i don't have to ask at that point they're gonna they're gonna give me everything that i need but yeah I, i something that i've learned with being in community is that there's there's usually more people that are willing to step in and do the hard thing with you than I think there is. Right. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, I don't want to burden someone. I don't want to, like, cause this disruption. You know, I just want it to be nice and smooth and easy. But every single time that I've been like, I need help, I've always been overwhelmed with people showing up, texting me throughout the week. How are you doing? Right. How could I pray for you? I saw a picture for you. I hope it's encouraged. Like, yeah. just life-giving things. And... And every single time I think to myself, dang, I asked for this. Mm-hmm. And it was as simple as literally opening up my mouth to someone that I'm already in community with. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, it still blows my mind because it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. When I think about people who have asked me for things, if I flip the, the script there, um, it's an honor to like mm. get to be with them in them in that and help them through it and do whatever it is like you can't you can't fix someone but you can bring them a bagel you know <laughs> like just show up in their life yeah. and let them know you're there and thinking about them and something came to mind on the on what I would say and I just had my 40th birthday and all I wanted to do was spend it with the guys at Pursuit because 
I don't know, that's just my crew now. And my birthday fell on an off day of pursuit. And I was like, oh, bombed. <laughs> and then my wife had talked to Zach secretly. And we celebrated it on the next day. So on the Friday. And after the workout, we got in circle and they all kind of shared what they see in me. And that was the best mm. present I've ever got in my whole life. Um, and one of the guys, Manny, I'm not going to say it as eloquently as he did, but he just, he repeated this thing a few times and he said, small efforts repeated daily. And then I forget what else, but it's like, you just show up and you do the thing and you keep doing the thing, keep showing up. It's going to lead to something, to life. Mm. And maybe you can't ask or let someone in to the deep dark of it, but you can let them in that you could use a little something. And maybe the next day you could tell them again, you need a little something. Mm -hmm. And then it'll lead to something, something good there. Yeah. The, the, yeah those small steps. Yeah. That makes me excited I, I, um, when I hear about people just pouring encouragement into people and to, to use words to build up and to strengthen. Yeah. Um, and I've been in circles where we kind of like, you know, we went around and we just took turns speaking encouragement into everybody. Mm -hmm. And like, it's such a profound thing and we could do it all the time, but we don't. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, for, for those of you that are listening to this and it's like, knowing someone if there's like something in their eyes or something in their countenance there's never not a good reason there's, there's, there's never a good reason to not say something encouraging to somebody yeah. because um like everything that i'm hearing from you chris is like you know when you're walking with people it's a it's a big thing to just say hey i need help out of the blue but you know what it's like to be there and to to be the one to like bring encouragement yeah um and obviously in the easy sense, if someone's coming to you and say, I need help with this, like what a joy it is to just come around and rally for the benefit of, of the person that's hurting. It's such, it's such a beautiful thing. It reminds me of just the kingdom of God and yeah. what, it, what it looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like. And it's all just words that build yeah. and words that encourage. And I think that as Christians, we're, we're meant to hold those words but not keep them. We're supposed to share them, um, and be be the reason why someone has a good day yeah. that day, you know. And so, if if you're listening to this and you are, you feel like you are the person that needs to ask for help. The hard thing is to to literally ask, mm -hmm. and at the very least, put yourself in a position of relationship with people where you can just go a little bit deeper with each little step. Yeah. And here at Garden Church, we love making space. Uh, in our Sunday services for ministry time where for any reason at all, you come up and you just ask for prayer and people are there. And we want, we want people to here to have deep relationships, to be connected with community to a house church because it makes all the difference. You know, if I remember back when my family was not in a house church and it was like, if I'm going through something hard, you have to find people when you're in community, yeah. you don't have to find people. You just wait for the next meeting yeah. and be like, Guys, this is what I'm going through. I could use some help. Yeah. And it's it's a very 
easy environment to be in, especially when, when you do the hard work of like trusting people right. and inviting them in. And then it just comes down to like, just ask. Yeah. Yeah. With pursuit, I, I would say that it's so encouraging and those encouragements just come out naturally because when when you're working out and you're pushing yourself to these things that are so hard even to give an encouragement to someone it's like we're in this together like mm-hmm. let's do this and it, it brings a vulnerability that breaks through that first wall of like i don't know trying to hide something or like not fully getting to know somebody and the workout gets you into that spot to where you start building real true relationships with these people. And at the end we have circle time, kind of like when they shared for my 40th, but every day that we do it, we have circle time where there's like check-in or story or guided questions and guys will need something and that need will be met Mm -hmm. or they'll be struggling and, on the day that they were worried about, there will be 10 guys checking in on them to make sure that they're doing all right on that day. And it's special. Like I, I had come to a place in my life where I, I had just decided that those were like the things of movies or fantasy, you know, (laughs) like you see that on TV, but it doesn't exist in real life. And this has shown me that it exists in real life even more so like, it's, it's a special thing for sure. Yeah. And as we get ready to, to wrap up, what would you say to someone, uh, maybe a, a, another guy that is maybe new to the garden, maybe just like looking for community camaraderie and listen to you invite them to pr- something like pursuit? Yeah, I would say it's not a bad decision. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a hard one to make, but what you're walking into is not, a scary group of dudes. It's like guys that are going to welcome you in. I've seen new guys come out even just last week and they're already plugged in and like hugging people when they first get there. Um, If you're looking for relationship, do it. Like you can't not get relationship if you show up here. Mm -hmm. And I, it's not just those relationships, like your relationships outside of the beach grow and get better. And I feel like more of a man, adult father than I've ever felt in my whole life, just from the experiences I've I've had there. And the confidence has just made me a better version of myself or maybe even more myself than I've ever been. Mm. Yeah. I know, uh, hearkening back to your earlier stages of, you know, being in that four year stretch of mild depression and just that mentality of like, I can do this myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get myself out of here. I'm going to fix this. And that seems to be what the world calls masculinity. Like mm-hmm. if you're a man, you're going to do it. You're going to, you're going to do it yourself. You're going to, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and like whatever it is. But like being a man looks like being in community, Yeah, looks like asking for help, looks like leaning into the hard thing with other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's so true. And I love that you and other guys are able to be men, to be versions of yourself that 
God sees. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful thing to see what that does to not only the single guys that are coming out and obviously the, the, the relationships and the environments that they get to be in, but, but dads mm-hmm. and coming back to their families more man and being that much more playful, silly with their kids, romantic with their wives, and just like just leaning into to the community as God wants us to be yeah. as men. The community there is so vibrant and diverse that you're going to get something for all stages of life. Like there's 20-year-olds, there's almost 70-year-olds. Like there's a lot of wisdom there. The young guys are learning from the old, the older learning from the young. And yeah, I couldn't recommend it more. It's my favorite thing of the week. <laughs> and yeah, it's great. And you get the community. You also get the abs and the strength. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, is there anything else that you would like to say uh, before we close? Um, I guess I kind of just want to reiterate on how much growth and new life pursuit has given me. In the words of Zach during that discussion of my 40th birthday, <laughs> he said, I'm unrecognizable to the guy who showed up on the beach. And I agree. And I think all those guys would agree as well. I am more peaceful, present, confident, um, and just whole from it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're desiring anything in life that you don't have at this point, you're going to get something from showing up. Like, there's a wealth of relationship out there and encouragement and love, and it's really special. Mm. I, yeah, I can't say more. I can keep saying that, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it, and it's all good. It's like, be what you want to see in the world around you. Yeah. And by showing up, you're demonstrating for other people, hey, if you show up and you bring your best and you don't just expect to receive all this awesome stuff, but like you're able to give it as well, you're you're demonstrating the kingdom in that. And like yeah. you're you're being good Christians that are gathering together. Yeah. Um, and it's it's such a great thing. And I could hear it over and over and over. Just <laughs> just show up because it's yeah. gonna be good. I do have one other thing um zach always says if you're not here the group's lacking something and that goes for you new guys who are considering it too like if you show up you're bringing something to the group Mm. that is a gift so don't keep it from us come out (laughs) do it yes Thank you so much for being uh, for being here and sharing this story. I know it's it's a hard journey to talk about, um, and I just know that there's other people in our community that can relate to uh, depression, anxiety, and how it affects their their personal lives and their relationships and, and their families. Um, and I just want to say, Chris, you, your wife, and your kids are wonderful people. You you carry something so special, and. Uh, I know my kids love playing with your kids and there's just so much life and like you in particular as a, as a person, as a dad, as a friend, as a creative, you have a gift inside and every single time you let it out, you're partnering with God to make the world beautiful, uh, with your, with your gift. And so thank you for sharing, um, your story. Thank you for 
making designs and inside <laughs> jokes on shirts that we get to wear. Um, and uh, how can people find out about uh, your shop? Oh, um, it's just monstersoutside.com. And then there will just be a lot of weird, funny shirt designs <laughs> that you might get and might not get. But they're yeah. all they're all great. Buy every single one of them. <laughs> Um, would love having you here and I look forward to seeing you around and you know maybe I'll visit the beach one of these days yeah <laughs> awesome thanks Darren thanks for listening for more information visit garden.church.com